in uh, preparation for our uh, in the message this morning, we will be reading from uh, the collection of Proverbs, Proverbs 1, Proverbs 5, Proverbs 12, Proverbs 31, and Proverbs 31, and Proverbs 19. If you have your Bibles with you, or uh, you can uh, focus uh, your attention on the LCD, please uh, read with me silently. Let's all rise in reading uh, God's Word. Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 5, 18 to 20. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. Like a loving doe and a graceful mountain goat, let her breasts satisfy you at all times. Be exhilarated always with her love. For why should you, my son, be exhilarated with an adulteress and embrace the breast of a foreigner? Proverbs 12.8 A person will be praised according to his insight, but one of perverse mind will be despised. Proverbs 31.23 Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Proverbs 12.4 An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who shames him is like, a rot, is like rottenness in his bones. Proverbs 21.19 It is better to live in the desert land than with a contentious and irritating woman. Proverbs 19.14 House and wealth are an inheritance from, from fathers, but the prudent wife is from the Lord. Praise God from the reading of his word. You may now be seated. So, pleasant good morning to everyone. I missed you last week. I was prepared to leave my farm, the farm in San Jose, when suddenly, when I got up after wiping the eyes of my dog, um, my back hurt, and according to our doctor friend, those were back spasms. So I needed to rest it, stretch it, until I'm, I'm able to walk, and I'm happy that I'm here with you. Thank you for the prayers. Uh, do continue to pray uh, with us. God has a purpose for everything. Now we take a break from Hebrews, because today is, uh, what's, what's today? Yeah, I mean, my wife was asking me, who in the world is Valentine? Who is Mr. Valentino? I said, I don't care. Uh, well, it's in my mind. I said it in my mind because it's, it's not relevant. But uh, because that's the culture, there's nothing wrong with remembering the concepts of love. And, uh, of course, we greeted each other, happy Valentine's Day, whatever that means. So, and we keep doing it as a practice. But... In church, in if it's the week of February 14, we do talk about serious stuff. I mean, we're talking about relationship stuff. And um, we're talking about stuff within marriage. And, uh, and these are, this is one of those days. Of course, sometimes when we speak about marriage, we speak about rekindling the old love. But... Every now and then, we deal with deep issues, 
really deep issues that unless resolved by the word, by the word and by the spirit, you will not have a peaceful, peaceful and fulfilling marriage. You will not. Every man and woman must grow in wisdom. The opposite of wisdom is foolishness and ignorance. Who would want to be foolish and ignorant? Surprisingly, some prefer ignorance and some prefer foolishness because it's fun and pleasurable. I think you know what I'm talking about. There are some people who will say in their, with their words that they want wisdom, but their actions deny it. The ultimate encouragement of to read the word, the Bible, and meditate and learn it and understand it from cover to cover, thought per thought from the authors, because we believe the word of God is the inspired word of God, I mean the Bible, where through situations the Holy Spirit touched their hearts and they produced such words. Some would say they want wisdom, but their actions deny it. Some have knowledge, but not wisdom. Knowledge is knowing about the facts. Wisdom is living them. Knowledge is knowing the truth, or at least Bible knowledge is knowing the truth of the Bible. But living them is the only way we can grow in wisdom. And it begins with the fear of the Lord. Now, there are others who think they are wise, but live like fools. And uh, there was one sermon that we described the fool, if you remember that. If you don't remember that, just go, go read the Bible, the book of Proverbs, line by line. Okay, line by line. And allow that to be the standard, not you. Okay, you know, some people think, eh, ganito talaga ako eh. So I, my response is, who are you? Are you the standard? Your standard for yourself is you. How self-centric, how selfish, how foolish, and how ignorant. Well, the person who thinks he is wise is actually a fool. Because when we hear about wisdom, it only humbles us to seek more because we know we lack it. And such is the wise person. Now, if every individual must grow in wisdom, every marriage, and I'm talking about two people, male and female, must grow in wisdom. Now, who would want foolishness, a foolish and ignorant marriage? Now, who would want that? I mean, if you, somebody asks you that question, who would want a foolish and ignorant marriage? But surprisingly, many start marriages loaded with foolishness and devoid of knowledge. Why? Because the emotions take over. Medically, they would say that testosterones and the hormones are very strong. Most people start marriage foolish, foolish, knowing nothing. And why did they get married? Because they were in love. But in fact, it was infatuation. And they would realize it was infatuation, usually too late. 
After a few months of marriage, they would realize and they say to themselves, Bakit ko ba pinakasalan ito? But folks, that seems to be, if you do a survey or if you do research, that seems to be the more common thing that's happening. More than average, I believe. Though, honestly, I have not done a research on this. However, as a pastor, for 30 years, listening to couples and listening to people before getting married, when asked with the critical questions of wisdom and knowledge about the Word of God in relation to marriage, they are found wanting when they are weighed in the Word of God. They are found lacking and they are found unprepared. I was watching this Christian comedian, I believe he's a Christian comedian. I actually posted it on my wall because he said, you know what, I've been doing you know, marital counseling and premarital counseling. And they come in and I think, uh, for, forgive the word, it's a different culture with different uh, usage of the word or reactions to words. He said, uh, they come in really stupid. Really stupid. And he asks, why do you want to get married? And he said, well, we're so in love. We're so the same. We finish one another's sentences, all those romantic stuff. We're the same. We like the same things. We do the same things. We... And then he said, well, one of you is irrelevant then. And he said, do you know that kind of sounds narcissistic, marrying someone like you? You're so in love with yourself that you marry somebody like you. And usually they do come in that way. And I had my share, and these were my dialogues. Why do you want to get married? We are in love. Then after a while, so what's wrong? We don't love each other. So you were in love, now you're out of love. You missed the definition of love. You missed it. You totally missed it. You were following the world. You were following the world standard of suddenly liking somebody's persona, personality, or outward beauty, or a man's uh, charisma, or wealth. Somehow that seems to be the outer, and you thought that will make it better. But the world's ways are not God's ways. So... Surprisingly, many start, or let's just say, it's no longer surprising after you have heard so many. And the best I could do with, with those who were married is to be grounded in the Word and expect what's coming to prepare them. Open your eyes clearly and adjust to it before. Adjust your mind before you get married. And we give them a long list of it, or we try to make them discover it themselves before. And to weigh it carefully. To those who are married, we simply say, come back, surrender to Christ, because without the grace of God, it cannot work. Without the Holy Spirit, it cannot work. Without the theology of marriage found, especially in Ephesians 5, you will misunderstand it. You will always ask, why, why, why? And you seem to try but never reach 
One, if you don't know the theology of marriage, you wouldn't know how to apply it. And you're still applying it like the world, forcing yourself to be somebody and forcing the other person to become somebody rather than going to the Holy Scriptures, understanding deeply the theology it speaks about. And once you understand the theology of Scripture, of course, Ephesians 5 is fantastic, but you don't leave it there. You have to remember what happened in the curse. And if you're not aware of the curse, because of sin, there was a curse. There was a curse on the husband and the wife. And if you are not aware of it, and you're flirting with relationships, and now I'm giving you the biblical standard, you can reject it and live the kind of life you want according to the world you see out here. My, the pain in my heart is when I see believers living like the world when I see believers having the same standards as the world. Instead of, let's review what did the Bible say. Let's study it first. Because unless you understand it, you cannot move forward. You will be, repeat, it will be cyclical. And marriages have cyclical problems that never really improve. Even, you know, if it's cyclical, but it keeps growing, I prefer that. But some are cyclical on, on a downward spiral. Not really growing. It keeps repeating itself, but it gets worse and worse and worse. Now, I'm not here to make you feel bad. I'm here to give you warnings. I'm here to give you, oops, okay, for the single, I'll take this seriously. I will not let my emotions rule my decisions. I will make the scriptures rule my decisions because God is sovereign, the word is sovereign, and I submit to the word of God. And if we are married, we go back to the submission to the word of God first. The word of God. Now, the funny thing is when so-called Christians come together and ask for advice, the advice that is often given is not also based on scripture. So what will happen? Oh well, <laughs> you can keep trying. So I think the point on the, of my introduction is we must grow in wisdom. And every marriage, every husband and wife should determine it. Sweetheart, darling, let us grow. Let us grow in wisdom. We are imperfect, but let us grow. Both must have that determination. If no one has that determination, then, then, well, it's really going on a spiral downward. But if at least one has the determination, at least one, then there is hope. <laughs> there is hope by God's grace. But the good news is that we can turn to the Holy Scriptures filled with God's wisdom. And that's what we're going to do today. But now, not so much on the theology of marriage, but more on the practical applications. And if you find the practical applications, the wise applications to be so difficult, then you have to go back to the theology of marriage, which is, it is a mystery like Christ and the church. 
And if you don't get that parallelism that it is, it is a mystery and it is like Christ and the church as Christ is committed to the church, which is considered the bride of Christ, figuratively speaking, as he is committed to sanctify her, to purify her, that she would mature. So the man must be committed to every detail of his wife, that she must grow to grow and be protected and be taken care of. In the same way as the church is submitted to Christ, wives should submit to their husbands as to Christ. Now, the problem of the parallelism is that Husband and wives are imperfect people. The church is still growing, imperfect, but growing, being sanctified. But Christ is perfect. But once we do it as to the Lord, if I am committed to my wife because of my commitment to Christ, then it becomes about Christ. Because if it is just about the other human, Human nature will take over. The sinful nature will take over. Well, not literally or theologically speaking. Meaning the flesh would take over in the sense that what? We are imperfect and that imperfection will disappoint us. The imperfections of your husband or wife will disappoint you. But once you decide, husbands, I do this for Christ. My commitment to my wife is my commitment because I am commitment committed to Christ. When that is established, it's no longer about her, it's no longer about you, no longer about me, it is about Christ. Unless you get to that level, then you will be living like the world, as natural men, not as spiritual people. Now, here's the, here's the challenge for wives. Submit to your husband as to the Lord. If you do it for your husband, the imperfect husband, you cannot. It's hard. It's difficult. And actually, it's easier to blame him <laughs> because of his imperfection. But the scripture says, as to the Lord, meaning you submit not because of him, you're looking at the wrong place. Your eyes is not focused on the right place. Where should your eyes be focused? Christ and the word. Unless you have that commitment, you cannot fulfill this. You cannot. You can dream all you want, but you will not fulfill this. It says, as to Christ. Now, where is the struggle? One morning, my lovely wife asked me a question, and she loves asking me theological questions. And so waking up, I have to theologize early. And she asked me, okay, darling, question. Why are there so many problems in marriage? I said, oh, oh. no, I'll answer you now. Yeah, 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 answer now. Okay, from the top of my mind, number one. Sin and the curse. Sin and the curse. What was the curse? To the man, it's no longer just picking the fruits you like and eating it and then you survive. <laughs> no, no, no more. What did 
God said to the man, you will sweat, you will toil the fields. That curse, somehow we comply to that, yes. Because that's why men, even if, and we're talking about psychology here, men feel a lot of validation in their work. And if they're not doing well there, they don't feel too good about themselves. That's why some who retire feel that they don't feel right when they're not doing something significant. That's why if a man fails in business or his career or experiences a setback, it hits him hard. And I've been there, it hit me hard, really hard. It takes a lot of willpower for us to stand up and recover. Of course, we need the wife's support. Because the curse is we look to the fields, we have to provide, and somehow we find our identity there. When men gather, even in reunions, what do you do now? Where are you connected? Those are the words. Those are our questions to one another. When businessmen gather, how's your project? How's your latest investment? That's how we talk. How's the restaurant? How's the career? How's the practice? Women, on the other hand, the curse is what? I will increase your pain in childbirth. So my, I think there was some pain before the fall, but the pain would be increased. But we know the pain doesn't stop there. In raising children, there's also a lot of pain in that. So the attention of the wife is very much on the children. So what happens, the man's attention is so much on his work outside, which we must comply with it, yet... What's the downside? We sometimes forget and neglect the family. And the wife so focused on the children, now husband becomes lesser priority. I heard a good friend say, her husband died, who is also a friend of mine. I consider him an uncle or like actually, like a father in a certain way, then her husband died. Then a few years after that, her daughter was found, was diagnosed with cancer. But praise God, she is cancer free now, praise God. But during that season, I believe we were in a car together, or we were in her rest house and uh, I said uh, well mommy we'll, we're praying for you I don't I can't imagine how hard it is and you know what she said when my husband died it was painful but when I found out my daughter had can has cancer it's more it was more painful and she even survived She's still alive now. But she said, the pain is greater. Kung tatagalugin ko, mga mami, kung may unang mamamatay, yung asawa mo na, di ba? 
wag yung anak. In one sense, we comply with that. In one sense, it also separates us somehow from each other. Then there's another curse for the woman. Your desire shall be for your husband. What does that mean? No, it's not you will desire your husband. You will want him. No, 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 no. You will try to supplant him. You will try to reverse what he does. You will compete with him. That's a curse. You will contradict him in many ways. Pag nag-share, magkikwento ang asawa mo, ang unang response mo, hindi. That's it. That's part of the curse. But why do we... But, well, we, we need somebody to counter-check us. That's the partnership of husband and wife. But there's a difference with counter-checking and encouraging at the same time versus contradicting immediately. There is a difference. You can actually say, okay, okay, let's listen to your idea. Wow, okay. Yeah, I'll pray for it. Why don't we pray for it? And, and let's see the pros and cons, you see. When you do that, you're now part of his idea. But you keep contradicting him. So what does he do? I'll just talk to my friends. I'll spend a long time with my friends who listens to me. We're going to have just one or two beers. But then the, the conversation is so good, it becomes six beers, ten beers. And, uh, no, I do not promote, nor do I say men have an excuse for getting drunk. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, yes, we still have to fulfill. There's the curse to somehow check one another, but the downside is it creates a lot of conflict. Therefore, if you're not aware of the curse, that's only one answer loaded theologically. The second answer is there's an adversary. There's an adversary. There's the enemy of our souls. And the enemy of our souls will try to make our marriages difficult. And only by the grace of God, only when we submit ourselves to God and resist the devil, can we resist the devil. That's in James chapter 4. Submit to God and resist the devil. Submit to the sovereign word of God and then you can resist. No, no, no. The scripture didn't give an instruction whether you have to keep binding the enemy. Gee, there was... I'm, I was also guilty of this. I taught this. I practiced this. But the more you study scripture again and again, you realize it's not emphasized. Nor the exact words are here. So you begin to question this Christian practice. Even Christ and the, the apostles in the New Testament risings didn't give so much attention to it. There was more attention on faith. There was more attention on who Christ is. There was more attention of justification by faith. There's more attention there. Well, somebody said something funny. You know, I hear a lot of people binding Satan, and they have to bind him again. Who let him loose? But parating pinapakawalan na bind na. I'm sorry. If you don't understand that, bless your soul. Okay. Bless your soul, you're not exposed to this wrong practice. 
Now, let's go to the meat. Attention, husbands. May we bring out this verse, 18 to 20. I hope you're not scandalized, but breasts is in the Bible, all right? Okay. Mm, and all the young men, interesting. <laughs> okay, let's read it. Let your fountain be blessed. Use your imagination, what a fountain is, okay? Is it your fountain outside your house? No. And rejoice with what? The wife of your youth or the wife you married when you were young or simply your wife. So rejoice with your wife. Like a loving doe and a graceful mountain goat, I can't relate to the mountain goat, okay? Uh, <laughs> so let her breast satisfy you at all times. Take note, whose breast? Your wife only, all right? If you're not married, you are not entitled to breasts, all right? Is that clear? If you cross the line, allow me to figuratively do this. Okay? Wake up. Follow God's word, all right? And if you are a young lady who exposed her breasts, this is what I say to you. Cover up. Boink. Let her breast satisfy you at all times. Be exhilarated always with her love. Then the punchline is here. For why? Why should you, my son, be exhilarated with an adulteress? Another word is a seductress. Why? Why embrace the breasts of a strange person? The term is foreigner, but it's actually a strange person. Okay, why? Why? So what? Gentlemen, be faithful. The curse of sin would want you to pursue others. But remember, you belong to the Lord. And if you do it for Christ, you will not. And if you are single and somehow committed, you will not cross the line. For what? Because the relationship should be founded on Christ and the word, not on the flesh. You know why it's, the Bible is so good that, you know, preserve yourself for marriage. You know, one great advantage of that, there's no comparison. There's none. And some would be foolish enough to think that the world today is correct. Have many partners, enjoy yourself. No, 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 that's not wise. So, husbands, attention, be faithful to your wife. What if she's so hard to live with? I don't care. It doesn't say only if she's lovely to talk with, only if she makes you coffee. Only if, no, it just says this, okay? Number two, gain wisdom and be prepared to share insights. Chapter 12, verse 8 of Proverbs, let's read that. A person will be praised according to his insight, but one of perverse mind will be despised. So gentlemen, I encourage you as a fellow gentleman, as one who fears God, let us gain wisdom and be prepared to what? Share insights. 
You know the difficult, it's really difficult when a man, a husband, has no insight. You hear me? So there's a problem. My wife says, what do you think we're going to do? I don't know. I don't know. Why are you asking me? No, 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 no. You said, you never say, I don't know. You say, wait. Okay? Give me a year. No, just give me a, a few days. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Now, ladies, if they are trying, if they're figuring it out, praise God. Do not be impatient. Keep being the cheerleader. All right? But gentlemen, we have to gain wisdom. And when I say wisdom, it is living the knowledge of the Word of God. It is gaining it. We have to grow in wisdom. And that growth must never stop. Never say, I'm already okay. I know a lot. Gee, you really know a lot. Come talk to me. I want to learn from you. I want to learn from you if you know a lot. No, I'm not kidding. I love learning. I ask questions for different successful people and I squeeze the knowledge out of them whatever way I can. Why? So I may gain insight into their lives. I might gain insight to their, in their profession. I ask about hospitals. I ask about hotels. I ask about uh, consulting. I ask about manufacturing. I ask about the economy. I, I ask about the currency exchange. I ask about the stock market. I ask about everything I can gain wisdom from. And of course, I ask about the word of God. We have to try. We, there's no... We can't stop learning. There's no end to it. Please do not be one who loves ignorance, who says, I don't like books. I'm not a reader. Poor guy, he's not a reader. You know, just start five minutes a day. Just start five minutes a day. Always pick a new book, a good book. You don't know what good? What's good? Ask for recommendation. Just a few minutes every day, especially the Bible. You will find yourself reading 10 minutes, then 15 minutes, then 20 minutes, then 30 minutes. Then the more you understand, the more you read. Why you don't read is because from the start, you cannot understand. But if you never force your way there, you'll never understand. But once you slowly understand, then it gets sweeter and sweeter because it makes sense. But everything doesn't make sense from the start. No, it doesn't. It's like your teacher teaching math. And you're looking, what in the world is he talking about? Why? There is a gap somewhere. Because math is what? Unless you know the basic theorems. You cannot proceed. Unless every step. You understand that's the only way to proceed. If you have a gap somewhere, the good math tutor will bring you back. Find the level of where the gap is and begin there again. We gain wisdom. If I have more time, I'll study physics. If I have more time. If I have, well, I'm trying to apply for, for my next PhD, but, you know, challenging. We have this church to grow. I have businesses to take care of, but I'm not making an excuse. I'm still finding a way to push it some more and push it some more and push it some more. 
gentlemen, let us gain wisdom. If you're not a reader, you must be a very good listener. You're not just a talker, talk, 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 talk. Some like to talk, talk, talk. But the one with intelligence can find out he's a talker, he doesn't have substance. There's nothing there. Absolutely nada, he repeats himself. But there is nothing there. Why? <laughs> because, uh, you know computer language? Garbage in, garbage out. You put something right, something right will come out. If what you put is wrong, something wrong will come out. Oh, but here's the problem, nothing comes in. So nothing comes out. What do you think, brother? You know that parody, Basa. <laughs> Alien. <laughs> Bubble gang, long time ago. It's, it's actually a form of mockery to someone who does that. Anong tingin mo? Basa. Do a deer, a female deer. Ganun lang yung mga usapan gadoon eh. So ganun din kung walang ganito, sinong kainuman mo? Walang ganito din. So anong pinag-uusapan? Wala. Kaya kailangan lasing sila para napag-uusapan nila eh, kahit ano. Because a person with sense would prefer listening to, to sense. Gain wisdom. Number three, grow in stature and respect. Now, let's talk about the Proverbs 31 man. 31 verse 23, please. Her husband is known in the gates. No, he is not the security guard, not necessarily. What the proverb meant was in the gates of a city then, well, there's a wall that protects the city. There's the gates. They make decisions. Who enters, who, who goes out. They make decisions in terms of war. Shall we close the gates right now? They make their council meeting there. So this husband, when he sits among the elders of the land, doesn't necessarily mean he's an elder. But when he sits among, he is known there. Why? He has insight and he makes sense. The elders must call on him to say, what do you think should be the right decision? What is your perspective? So the Proverbs 31 man grows in stature and respect. In our community, it is the word of God. First, the word of God. And then whatever profession. So let me give you a clue. This is difficult for us. Yes, it's part of the curse, but we must it's, it's here. Now somebody, some foolish, false teacher said, there is no more curse in Christ. Yes, the curse of our souls. Yes, I agree. That is crystal clear. We are saved by God's grace. Forgiven. No, even physically. There should be no more sickness. The curse is lifted. I said, you're sweating. The curse, part of the curse, you shall sweat by the sweat of your bro. You're, you're, you're sweating. And your wife, did she have a, just a little pain when she gave birth? Or a lot of pain? Oh, gee, never insult a woman who gave birth. 
we have to grow in stature. The curse is here, but yes, by God's grace, in Christ, grow status and respect. So I say to others, please, do not waste your time playing foolish games until midnight and beyond. That doesn't improve your stature in society. It only improves your stature among gamers. But who are you? We're still nobodies. But when at least they ask us if there's wise insight, then suddenly people respect. Yung mga ihirit, sa tingin ko naman ganito, walang laman naman. So hanggang tingin mo lang. You know why, why, why professors are respected and should be respected? Hindi pwede yun eh. Hindi ka maging doktor kung sa tingin ko lang. You have to have read a lot to say based on these other researches and based on my personal research as well. Take note, it's not just my personal research. It's also the research of so many people that I therefore believe this to be. You think so? This is difficult, so what do we do? We humble ourselves, we pray and say, Lord, help me. Help me gain respect. And respect is also character. It is also integrity. You cannot sit among the elders of the land if you don't have integrity. What is integrity? What you say and what you do is the same thing. Your yes is yes, your no is no. It's not you say yes and you really never plan to fulfill it. But if you've forgotten, that's forgivable. But if you are reminded, remember, fulfill what you said as yes. Enough. Attention wives. You hear me? Now, don't tell me to say that I'm one-sided. I just gave the gentleman a beating a while ago. It's your turn. Chapter 12, verse 4. Never do this. An excellent wife wow, is the crown. My, my crown. But she who shames him is like rottenness to his bones. What's that? I don't know, maybe it's like cancer to the bones. It's like a really, really bad feeling when you shame your husband. But how do you shame your husband when talking to others? Hi, nakoitong asawa kung to. Mahina magdesisyon. Then in front of others. Pasensya ka na sa asawa ko ah. Okay, talagang guapo lang yan. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Okay, of course. <laughs> Not everything that comes to your mind should be spoken. It should be captured within you. And filtered and evaluated and repackaged when it comes out. 
Techno repackaged. It's like Japanese, excellent in packaging. Excellent. If you go to a Japanese store, wow, the packaging, perfect for gift giving. Packaging is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Manik paren, pero magandang packaging. One time I was in this Japanese restaurant with a friend. Really expensive restaurant, really expensive. This was more than 10 years ago, maybe more than 15 years ago. I was in this restaurant in the Philippines, not in Japan, in the Philippines. So I didn't know what this fish was called, so I said, okay, let, let me try this. Because I like to try something new. I've tried so many things in, in Japanese cuisine now, let me try this fancy, fancy wording of this Japanese word fish. Then it was 700 bucks 15 years ago. Now it's probably what? Maybe 2,000 plus in that restaurant. And you know, it came with excellent packaging, with a very beautiful bento box. Ha! Some cabbage here with some type of mayonnaise sauce. And you've got this uh, uh, Japanese rice, sticky rice that's excellent. But when I looked at the fish, I looked at the waiter with a sharp eye. Why didn't you tell me that this is actually galunggong? And I had to pay 700 pesos for a galunggong. Because in Japan, very special fish, eh? very special. Huh? Galunggong. Uh, wives. You want to say something? Hold, repackage. Same truth, different packaging. It's still the same, but you have to repackage. How you say it, when you say it, especially publicly, never shame your husband. Never shame your husband in front of your kids. Never shame your husband in front of anyone. Anyone? Who can I talk to? Well, if you want to be safe, talk to a Christian counselor, a godly one, who knows the scriptures that says do not gossip, okay? That gossip is a sin. Not to your friends. Oh my. You tell your friends and you feel so secured. Then what? They tell their friends and they tell their husbands. Well, not all the time. Do not shame him, because this is the feeling we get. And you wonder why it's so hard for us when Valentine's Day comes. Why it's so difficult. Oh, brother, I feel like a hypocrite. I'm not talking to all the men, about all the men, okay? I'm just saying, just those who feel like they're, they have rottenness in their bones, okay? Now, number two. Okay. I hope we're still friends after this sermon. Okay, my... Number two, do not constantly quarrel, for that pushes him away. Verse, chapter 21, verse 19. It is better to live in the desert. 
in the desert land with no water, where only the cactus survive, where there are sandstorms. It is better to live there than with a contentious and irritating woman. Another translation says a quarrelsome woman. You know that Proverbs has actually different versions of this? There's another version, it is better to live in the corner of a rooftop. It's better than the desert, but you're still exposed to the elements, the cold, the heat, the rain, uh, the dew. He said, I'd rather live here than with that woman who finds everything to argue about. Now, gentlemen, I feel you, I feel you, because when we, no, I'm not saying this is happening in our marriage. The good thing is, we both fear the Lord, and we understood this before we got married. Way before. I'm talking about years before getting married. We both knew this, because I was the pastor of that church, and she was a member. Okay? So she fully understood it. So getting in, there were, by God's grace, nobody claims to be perfect here. But by God's grace, we knew this and we had the fear of God. That we know how to fix it immediately because how do we fix it? You ask for forgiveness from one another. In the name of the Lord. Hindi yung, eh, talagang ganito ako eh. Who are you? Are you the standard? Who are you? No, 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 not you. Not you. You are not the standard. The word of God is. Therefore, all of us must submit and grow in wisdom. Gentlemen, I feel you and allow me to say this. Because when, before we got married, we just made decisions by ourselves. Correct? If I want to go out and watch a movie, and sometimes you want to do it alone. <laughs> Ladies, don't always think we are with somebody. Sometimes we like being alone. Why? It's called peace and quiet. <laughs> Now, don't get offended because this is just who we are. We need that space of quietness, of calmness. Sometimes we're enjoying the quietness, that long drive. And suddenly you ask, what are you thinking? Then we say, nothing. And you can't believe us. Because the mind of a woman is not the mind of the man because you continuously process many things while we have been gifted by God Almighty not to think of anything. (laughs) But let me warn you men, just retreat there not too long. Some people, it's been 10 years, you're still there thinking about nothing. You decide on your own, then suddenly she asks you, where are you going? Of course, if you, if it's, you have to inform them. But then after one hour, where are you? And you respond, I'm here. And then after one hour, where are you now? And then another hour. We're losing our moment of peace. (laughs) 
we decide things on our own, but it's a blessing that somebody helps us decide. If it is done properly, ladies, you are such a blessing. But sometimes it feels like suffocating and we have to quarrel about something. Uh, then you ask the question, you just dressed up, you go out, and she says, are you wearing that? Then you find out, you, you're wondering what's wrong. Hindi tayo terno. And that for us is so much stress and pressure. Uh, you know, if you want that, do it ahead. Uh, uh, honey, darling, can you wear this tomorrow? Do it ahead of time, not after. We dressed up. And then, so because men want to please their wives, yet at the same time are irritated by it, they go back. Hi, darling, let's go. <laughs> Don't quarrel about every little thing. Then you go to the mall and you men have their favorite place to park. They park in their favorite place. Then suddenly, somebody will have to decide with you. But dito ka park For you, one, this is your favorite parking. Number two, it really doesn't matter. Okay, we're going to go inside, we're going to go outside, and I can bring the car to pass by the grocery. It doesn't matter. But then suddenly somebody would be saying, Oh, why are you parking here? Oh, stressful. I heard actually one comedian said, This is where I always park. Then wife said, Oh, you're angry. <laughs> you have anger problems. <laughs> and this comedian said, no, I don't have anger problems. I always park here. I have a wife problem. <laughs> Let us not argue with so many things. It wears us down. It makes our soul dry. It weakens our, our mind. So what do we do? We pretend to be sleeping. <laughs> and some men pretend to be reading. <laughs> I hope you just make it true. So, <laughs> if it's something you can forego quarreling, don't. Honestly, I tell the gentlemen, for example, because we delegate to the wife the cleanliness of the house, for example. So when she says to us, uh, your labahan, your laundry here, we comply. We should. Don't say, ayoko, ikaw mag-submit. No, that's the wrong way to do it. You delegated that authority, you respect that because you delegated that. This is supposed to be clean, okay. Okay, ladies, be patient. Men need to be trained in the house. Because clean for you is different from clean for us. All right? We say, yeah, what's wrong? It's clean. 
But you, since you're more detailed, you know yung singit-singit na yan. Tingnan mo to. Mm. Linis ba yan? Oh. So if your husband is philosopher, eh di ikaw na pala maglinis, ang galing-galing mo pala. The husbands, we listen to the wife there. But wives, remind your husbands, but never quarrel. Huwag mong aawayin. Dahil sa ganon, aawayin mo na. Sisirain mo na yung araw. Dahil ganon, away na naman. Again, we are different. We need to be trained in that aspect. Number three, be wise and prudent in everything, especially the handling of money. Chapter 19, verse 14, houses and wealth are an inheritance from fathers. This is wisdom, not law. Okay, so husbands, fathers, relax, okay? We must have this goal, but this is not law. Okay, that's why the proper interpretation of Scripture, this is wisdom. But if we can, we have to strive for that. Now, but the prudent wife is from the Lord. What is a prudent? What is prudent? Careful and wise. One who is careful, prudent. Now, wives, if you really want to fulfill that aspect where you are such a blessing from God to us. What do you do? Be prudent. So we can say, she is truly from the Lord. Now, I feel a lot of husbands there, here, they say that. She's really a blessing from the Lord. And I sometimes hear between the lines that he's having a hard time saying it. She's really a blessing from the Lord. Uh, you know, she, he tries to be so sincere in front of the pastor to show that he's trying to be a good man. She's such a blessing. But you know, I could feel the rottenness in his bones. I could feel it. He'll say something nice and suddenly flip the switch. Oh, chill, bro. Chill. Chill. In what way are you prudent? Be careful with your words. Words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Of course, gentlemen as well. But women use more words. That's why this warning goes to you. Careful now, careful. That's why, young men, I keep saying to you, must be a godly woman who does not say, I'm also a Christian. I attend church, one of the CFs. GCF, CCF, BCF. CFs. I'm also one of the CFs. I'm Christian too. Don't easily believe until you ask them about the Holy Scriptures. You know, try to bait the conversation. You know, I really like Proverbs. It's full of wisdom. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's cute. <laughs> she doesn't know it. I was during prom. Prom. 
Yeah, I went to prom. What do you think? <laughs> Long time ago. So there were a group of us Christians who got our own table so we don't have to mix it up with everybody else. So all Christian table. So we were with our dates. Ah. It was so awkward for me. I didn't know how to be on a date. I was so clumsy. I tried to be a gentleman pulling the chair, but I don't know how to bring it back properly. <laughs> so I give the, a hard time. Suddenly I feel a, I hear a word, ow, oh, sorry, too strong, okay, too strong. <clears throat> then I was beside a, well, they say, she says she's a Christian, and uh, I ask her, oh, because I loved the Holy Scriptures when I was 17. And I ask, what's your favorite book? What's your favorite book in the Bible? What's your favorite? I wanted to start a genuine Christian discussion. No, I wasn't even baiting. I just want to know what, what's the impact in her life? What part of the Bible made a, such an impact in her life? Well, uh, honestly, I don't read the Bible. I thought you're a Christian for seven years. No, she's been attending one of the CFs for seven years. Christian, know the scriptures. So, if you say, come on, let's look at Proverbs, and they go to the New Testament, what do you do, gentlemen, young men? You just say, Sorry, I can't make this continue. Because I'm looking for Proverbs and you're looking at the New Testament. So, ladies, wives, be prudent in everything. Know the scriptures as well. Handle money. One time, long ago, there was this person who visited me and my wife, and she was sharing about uh, most of the conflicts in her marriage is about money. And I said, okay. Uh, so we asked her, uh, I think my wife asked her, do you, do you, do you, have, do you write down your budget? S simply as writing down a budget, right? <laughs> Where does the money go? Uh, and she said, no. So how do you spend? Free-flowing. <laughs> You're going to run out of money free-flowing. As the need arises, I take, oh, brother. So we said, don't, aren't you working in a bank? That's about money. They record everything. Why don't you start doing that? And I've heard of sad, sad stories, and some from my clan, cousins of the cousin, where the husband has worked so hard abroad, sending money, again and again, but the wife thinks being kind is the best way. Lahat ng uutang, pinapautang. He comes home with nothing. He's tired. He was spent. He wanted to retire in his palace, but there's nothing. I'm not inciting blame. I'm inciting this. 
learn and make adjustments. Don't go back there. Because God might give you another chance, but He will not unless you learn the lessons of this one carefully. So, ladies, what do you know about money? Except spending, okay? Spending is easy, okay? You don't need training there. You just have to watch your friends and your mommy and your aunties. It's lovely to spend. And somehow it's therapeutic when you go to the mall and you buy nice things and you come home with nice things and you wear the nice things and you look around the mirror with those nice things and uh, you feel so happy. Then the credit card comes, the bill, and then you are miserable. Okay, I will fulfill that. Some of you requested to talk about finance, and some of you get your finance education where? I mean, doesn't mean the person is a popular speaker, he makes sense. <laughs> I mean, there are people who package themselves as experts. Be careful. Go to the scriptures first. First. Now, I'm not saying we're perfect. This is a struggle. This is a struggle for all of us. But we must be careful. So be prudent. I think I've said enough. So we're still friends, right? Praise the Lord. I'm not losing my members today. Uh, the Holy Scriptures serve as the mirror of our souls. Let us celebrate the wisdom that God gives, but let us also live it by facing our weaknesses. Take note, face it. No one is perfect, but not everyone can face their own weakness. Not everyone is willing to face their imperfection. Always blaming the others, but me never saying sorry. Always you say sorry, but me, you've forgotten about your offense. Your mistake you have forgotten is always about the other person. Gee, talk about pride. You know what scripture says? God resists the proud. Resist. That's God, okay? Please do not, so many preachers sugarcoating God. So, this woman's so proud, yet crying, and then what does the pastor say? It's okay, God loves you always, no matter what. Favorite, God loves you. Gee, you think so? How many times was the love of God mentioned all over scripture, all over? How many times was the fear of the Lord mentioned all over Scripture? How many times? We treasure the love of God, but the emphasis of the authors and the preachers of then, from long ago, and it should be today, is minimal. You think that's what will save people when they realize God loves them? No, more of them find an excuse to sin. God loves me anyway. I'll just continue say, sinning. You forgot to tell them the Scripture that says what? When it says, for God so loved the world, he did not specify people in specificity. It's the world. But what did scripture says? 
God hates the sinner. Is that in the scriptures? Oh, yes. Google it. Google it. Does God hate the sinner? Oh, God hates the sin but loves the sinner. Cliché. Cliché. Common words but not accurate. Some cliches are accurate but that one is not. God is love but he is just. In fact, it's not the love that is mentioned. It's more of the mercy that is mentioned. So what do you do when you preach? You emphasize the mercy. If they repent, the mercy. Because the opposite of mercy is justice. We admit our weaknesses. Forgive me, I am wrong. We have to tell our spouse that. Don't just blame your own imperfections. Magnify that more than your spouse. You hear me? Because that is what humility is about. It's more my mistake than hers. And vice versa. If both of you are saying that, praise the Lord. We got a, we got a Christian marriage here. They're trying to be humble. But it's always about him and a little. Hey, problema mo? I don't know. I'm perfect. <laughs> I don't know. Do you see anything wrong with me? It's always her fault or his fault, but me? <gasps> I'm the one suffering here. Oh, no, no. We just don't cry. Don't think we don't suffer. We just don't cry easily. But we do suffer. So what do we do to take out that rottenness? That's why, gentlemen, get into sports. Take out all the energy. Take running. <laughs> get all that emotion out. Uh, get a punching bag. I'm sorry, sorry. Ladies, also good. Learn Muay Thai. <laughs> Specialize on the low kicks. No, 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 I'm just joking. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Now, not everyone is willing to admit personal faults. They would rather blame the spouse. Let's not be this. If you prefer to blame than self-evaluate, then we pity your spouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't self-evaluate, you just blame. Kawawa naman ang asawa mo. Okay? But let me just say, why, why do I pity? Because it's so hard to live with you. It's so hard to live with you. I'm talking at husband and wife, to husband and wife. May the grace of God abound in us. Well... May the grace of God abound in him or her if you're always blaming that person. For you, may you learn the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord leads to wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. You can find that in chapter 1, verse 7. It is the greatest motivation to change. Yes, the fear of the Lord. To be wise. 
I love the Lord, but if you keep overusing that when the authors did not overuse it, please know your place. Know your place in relation to Scripture. The fear of the Lord leads to wisdom. Now, the book of Proverbs repeats the theme of the fear of the Lord many times. Those who do not fear the Lord wallow in foolishness and ignorance. Therefore, every individual and every marriage must learn to fear the Lord. May the marriages in our church grow in wisdom. Which also means may we increase in the fear of God. I did not speak here as somebody who is perfect. I'm somebody like you in the journey. In the journey to what? In the journey to perfection. Isn't that impossible? Yes, it is impossible. But that, nonetheless, that is the journey. But by the grace of God, we will grow and grow and grow and grow. Having said this, may your Valentine date be more of husband and wife. Let's talk. How can we improve our marriage based on the word of God? You may even begin with, please forgive me, but I love you. I love you so much, but do forgive me. And vice versa. Young men, young women, you've heard wisdom from scripture. I hope you would understand that it is very important. Self-control at your age is very important. Don't just flip the switch when there's the opportunity. Flip it. No. Ground yourself. Anchor yourself. So no matter what storm or typhoon comes, you're anchored in the word of God. Ito sabi ng word eh. Hindi ko gagawin. Kasi ito sa, you're anchored. You're anchored. And may the Lord bless your marriage. But if you're here with a spouse that is not a believer of the word of God, continue praying and show by your good example. If you're a husband, love her with all your heart. Show her what the Bible is. Show leadership, integrity, respect, honesty. The same way Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Do not quarrel with them. Remind them, yes, but do not quarrel with them. Encourage them, inspire them, yes, but do not quarrel with them. God is good. Let us all rise. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your grace. And we pray that we have... Strong marriages, may we learn to address these issues. These issues in our marriage. We are imperfect, and that's the beginning. Acknowledging our weaknesses and our sin. And second, to humble ourselves before you. And third, to do everything in your name. For the glory of your name. We do it for Christ. Why husbands must love their wives as Christ loved the church. To be fully committed to her up growth and, and, and security in Christ in the same way as wives would submit to their husbands and respect them, doing it as to Christ, not as to men, but as to Christ. Then that marriage is truly Christ, 
centered. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Happy Hearts Day. Enjoy your day. And please do not blame one another going down. <laughs>